Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and across from me, as always, is Charles Chuck Lawrence Charlie Thompson, how's it going today, man? It's a beautiful Friday. Yeah, if I could have any more names, then I would be enough. I don't actually know if it's a beautiful Friday. I have not looked out the window. No, it's actually raining. Is it's, it? Nah, it's not a great day. It's an ugly Friday here yeah. in Nashville. We've but... been in the office working away, and uh, you know, before the show started, we were giving all the patrons a nice concert of, uh, <laughs> of some 90s and early 2000s rock. I think we might have lost a couple supporters, <laughs> to tell you the truth. So if you guys want to get in on that, that's patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty for as little as just five measly bucks a week. A month. A month. A month. Not even a week. You can pay five a week if you want yeah, to. That's yeah. fine. We have, do we have a $20? Some people do, yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah, something like that. So, hey, a little measly $5 a month. It, you won't even notice it coming out of your account. Just stick it on there and then be part of the, the that's a cheap concert even. We've been singing I mean, some Creed, some Pearl Jam. <laughs> Some uh, Nickelback, some Nickelback, <laughs> all kinds of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. So if you weren't in the live group, you should you should totally consider it because that has a monetary value all, all on its own. It absolutely does. And now yeah. that now that some of these people are going to have Creed stuck in their head for the rest of the day, I mean that that's beneficial. It really, is. you can't put a price tag on that. I don't think you can. Other not, than five dollars, not even five. Yeah, you can't even. Yeah, because it's worth way more than that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, it is. Thank you for subscribing. By the way, everyone, we see the numbers popping. Ninety-two percent of people who listen to the show do subscribe to it. We get that detail on the numbers, and that means the people that are listening are actually liking some of the stuff that they hear. But which, it's not good enough till it hits a hundred percent. Yeah. So it's it's. It's technically possible to get to 100%, though, because people haven't subscribed, and so you can never fully make it to 100% because some of those people are, are not going to do it. That's right. We could get 99.9 as time goes on. You could never truly hit 100% anymore. For, and a that's, for a day, we could. That's because of some freaking worthless Karen from a couple months ago that listened and didn't subscribe, <laughs> and now will never hit 100%. That's her fault. Thanks, okay? Karen. Thanks a lot, Karen. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Good Morning Liberty, we're all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning here, if it's your first time listening, which uh, might be some of you. So thank you for checking the show out. Uh, we get into all kinds of economics and news of the day and uh, all kinds of good things. And I mentioned uh, that we are doing a contest. It's a stimulus package giveaway from the Good Morning Liberty podcast. And that stimulus, uh, I'm not the government, so I can't give you 1200 but it's going to be 500 bucks. And 500 bucks. I said that like in New York. Five hundred bucks. Don't you want five hundred bucks, man? Uh, five hundred bucks. It's still a lot of money. I mean, that's a good amount of money plus a lifetime free subscription to MasterMyTrades.com, um, which is the Liberty Trading uh, Trading Academy. And so, if to get that lifetime subscription plus the five hundred dollars, it's just a little thing you got to do. I I made a challenge, which is for us to get to a hundred reviews on iTunes because that's really important for us. And I asked, I just made a bit big ask. I'm like, hey, can you guys be one of of the first hundred people to leave a, a rating and review? We're now up um, over 57. So some of you guys are taking action. I appreciate that. I told you I'd read some of them. Uh, the latest one's coming in. This is from Chung Wu. He said, down to earth. And this is one of my favorites because this is the way <laughs> Nate and I feel this way too, you know, so, <laughs> sometimes. Actually, all the time. He says, down to earth. I cannot say anything better about these guys than that they help me get back down to earth. They have been a great ad on my podcast must listen to list. So we're one of five. That's in the top five. That's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. Like a hall pass, one through five. That's pretty good, man. Not that we'd be anybody's hall pass, but <laughs> since hearing about the two, since hearing about it two to three weeks ago. I cannot go more I cannot go more than an hour into my day without some headline, left or right. That does not cause my blood to boil. Nate, do you ever feel that way? That's why we started going through the news because I, I read these headlines and an entire episode pops yeah. into my head after I read a headline. So we had to start doing the headline news. It sometimes gets so bad that the wife will hand me a shot of whiskey to calm my nerves. Both Nate and Charlie, one of my few folks I listen to on my way to and from work to help me hash out my emotions about our society. They help by putting the faith of there are still people who can think for themselves back into me, and there are still folks out there fighting for freedom. Freedom and liberty, man. I would like to thank them for a great podcast and say they have not steered me wrong yet. You are right. There we go. Yeah. That, listen. That, great review. Uh, people 
you know, it, it is important. One thing he said that it, it upped his, uh, I'm going to paraphrase, but basically the idea that people could think for themselves. And that's really all we're asking people to do. That's what we're talking about is thinking for yourself and not just thinking based on how other people want you to think, not even how we want you to no. think. We're just trying to get more of the information out there because it seems like only one side really gets portrayed all the time in the news, heavily one side. And then you can go over the Fox and obviously it's, it's heavily another side. And they're really, they're telling you what to think all the time. And no one really ever asks you if you know how to think and no one ever works. You know, we don't work on how to think in school in public school or in college or anything like that. We learn what to think when we're in school. So it's really important. I think one of the biggest things that I ever learned, and this is from a teacher I had in high school, and he, I remember him writing on the board. Charlie, you'll remember this. Aaron in the live group, you're going to remember this. The words, what did he write on the board? Seek the truth. Seek, yes. Oh, yeah. Seek I the truth remember that. is what he put on the board. And those words have stuck with me forever because I will <clears throat> question everything until I have found out that it is, in fact, true. It doesn't matter what it is. If I hear something, I ask, how is someone trying to manipulate me right now? You're still now? questioning our friendship. I still am. I'm yeah. still seeking the truth of whether or not we're actually friends. <laughs> and I'll let you know yeah. when I find that out. That's why you can't say forever. No, we are actually friends. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't know the future. You keep trying to press me on this, and I don't <laughs> know the future. I don't I don't know for sure. Yeah. One of us is going to die someday, Charlie. I consider you a lifelong friend, then. How about that? So far, we've been lifelong friends. Yes, <laughs> that's true. I mean, I'm... But you question every day just to make sure. I, d I do. <laughs> the, your, you, our friendship is put to the test every single day. Yeah. And I mean, we, we have, we operate a few different businesses together now. And that that's tough on a friendship sometimes. Although you and I really handle it really well. When you have a really strong foundation, you know, you can handle, you can handle an earthquake yeah. every once in a while. So you got to make sure you got that good foundation. As I always say, this trailer's <laughs> got good bones. <laughs> <laughs> like my daddy used to tell me. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> trailers got seek, seek the truth at all times. Question everything at all times until you find out what the actual truth is. Someone is trying to manipulate you in a certain direction. Any news item, any story that you see, they're le trying to leave you with a certain idea. They're trying to inception that little idea directly into your mind and let it grow you know, they put the seed and then they let it grow into a plant. And then later they end up <laughs> asking you to vote for them. That's what they yeah. end up doing. So listen, I, just always ask questions. Which is why what we talked about the other day with that whole pandemic thing and YouTube taking the video down. By the way, they're trying to, of course, especially on the right, they're trying to circulate this all over the place. Especially, I'm just seeing people that I know on the right um, really upset about this pandemic, you know, movie getting taken down and all of this. And they've created a really good buzz. Who knows if it's true or not, right? So if you, it's one person's account. It's hard to uh, corroborate her evidence, this Dr. Judy lady. Um, is it true that she got fired? Yes, you can look that up. She did get fired and her, her paper that she published got retracted. Um, and so those types of things are true. But how do you know what she was working on was the truth? I don't know. Science kind of denounces it. You don't really know. But the important thing is, is that you have to have the liberty and the freedom to question those things. Like that's how you move forward in a, in a society is you because ultimately the truth will always prevail. Uh, it, my mom always used to say, and this is actually a real saying. She always used to say <laughs> it all evens out in the wash. You know, yeah, you got a bunch of dirty laundry. You wash it all. It's going to even out eventually. It may take. A few lifetimes, even you never had one of those washers that just shook like crazy, and you had to go per like physically even it out in well, we the wash. Used, we used to have to wash them in the pond, <laughs> but that you know, seems, once we got one of those fancy washers, that's man, why you're immune to everything. Yeah, exactly. That's why you're not worried about this gold true story, coronavirus. True story. Growing up, we had what's called a pump house. I don't know how many people. A lot of a lot of people live in cities now where you're like, oh, just I got water running to my house. Just how did that get look at there? that? Thirty bucks a month, just this <laughs> miraculous water running here. But no, we actually had a what's called a pump house. It was a well, and we actually pumped spring water from the ground. Now it tasted delicious. It was absolutely amazing. The problem was the people who lived there before didn't have a house built over. There was no insulation. So in the one winter, it got really cold in Southern Illinois. I mean, really cold. It was below zero for a while. 
So it all froze. All the pipes froze. Everything froze. Nothing in our house worked. We literally, for like two months, we had to go down to the frozen pond and extract water out of the pond to flush our toilets, take a bath, cook. Jeez. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. Slumming it. For about two months. Wow. That. Yeah. I used to have to go to the pond to chop a hole in it with an axe so the cows could drink. Oh, yeah. That's a real thing that yeah. you have to do sometimes. We chopped a hole in it with an axe to, so we could get water out to use. <laughs> yeah. I brushed my teeth with pond water before, by the way. <laughs> I did, you did, boil it first. Okay. I was going to yeah, say, yeah. like, did you actually feel like it was going to be cleaner after you, that? You boil it. Okay. You boil it first. And if you get a fish when you're getting the pond water, hey, win-win. Hey, you got some you can, nice lunch. Yeah. You can fillet that SOB. Mm -hmm. No problem. So, Charlie, take us through this first news story here. We got, a, we got listen, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, and Ed Markey. You want to hear about some things that make our blood boil? <laughs> let's let's get our blood boiling. Let's talk about what the alternative would be, what actual solutions to these things would be. No one wants the solutions, by the way, because it involves a lot of personal responsibility, and people don't really like that all yeah. that much because then it's on you, and that's not everyone's favorite thing. Now, of course, this is fake news. It's from CNN, but hang with us as we go <laughs> through this, okay? I know it's fake, and all this, this reporter, whoever wrote this, is probably fake, but... Hang with us. It's from CNN. Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, and Ed Markey team up to propose monthly payments of $2,000 during pandemic. In response to the worsening economic crisis facing the country, Senators Kamala Harris and California of California, Bernie Sanders of a neat town in Vermont, a neat <laughs> town called Vermont, sorry. <laughs> Real neat. Along with Ed Markey of Massachusetts, will introduce a bill aimed at establishing a rebate program that would deliver $2,000 to U.S. residents, including children, until the COVID-19 pandemic has ended. Including children. So $2,000 per person, including children. Everyone. Wow. Wow. Hey, y'all start having kids. Man. Yeah, good Lord. Pump them out. Pump them out. I should have been investing in this strategy a long time ago. <laughs> man, I would have a whole commune by now. <laughs> <laughs> the bill would grant married couples who filed together $4,000 and $2,000 for each child up to three per month. Well, you can only have three. Okay, so pump three out. It would also block debt collectors' access to seize payments from individuals who owe money, including the government. I don't know. Does it block the IRS <laughs> from garnishing your accounts too? Quote, the coronavirus pandemic has caused millions to struggle to pay the bills or feed their families, said Harris in a statement. She cited the stimulus package as an important step, but has added it is not enough. Quote, bills will continue to come in every single month during the pandemic, and so should help from the government. The Monthly Economic Crisis Support Act, the MECSA, will ensure families have the resources they need to make ends meet. I am eager to continue working with Senators Sanders and Markey as we push to pass this bill immediately. As a result of this horrific pandemic, tens of millions of Americans are living in economic desperation, not knowing where their next meal or paycheck will come from, said Sanders. The one-time $1,200 check that many Americans recently received is not nearly enough to pay the rent, put food on the table, and make ends meet. During this unprecedented crisis, Congress has a responsibility to make sure that every working-class household in America receives a $2,000 emergency payment a month for each family member. This is... This they, isn't. This is. Are gonna, they just buying votes? Uh, this is insane. By the way, it's crazy. It's completely insane. The monthly check would be available to every person with an annual <laughs> income less than one hundred twenty thousand dollars during the pandemic and for three months after. That that, that thing already drives me insane. So already three months after, the, if you make less than one hundred twenty thousand dollars a month. This part has bothered me about all the talk about stimulus. Just $120,000 a year. A year, sorry. Just because you make over $120,000 a year does not mean that you can't lose your job and not have any money. Or lose your house. Lose your not, house, your car. Not be able to buy food. Not be able to buy food. Like that says nothing about the wealth that you have stored up whatsoever. You can be making $120,000 a year and be spending $120,000 a year. Like there's, there's no reason when you're talking about a stimulus because... It, because of a pandemic and people losing their jobs that you would put an economic cutoff on it. Yeah. Maybe like a, maybe a million, it, it, it honestly would have to be more based on wealth than it would your income. If they're actually going to do something that makes sense. I'm not suggesting that they do that. I'm saying that idea doesn't make any sense because you can be making that much and still lose your job because of this crisis that we have been put in by the government that they have to fix now. 
Well, clearly rich people don't need it. I guess not. No, they don't need it. It's just making that much money does not mean that you're rich. It means you make a lot of money and you might have that much in bills every single month. And if yeah. you lose your job, that why is it less important that your kids don't have any food? What's crazy is, is if a family of five would make $10,000 a month off of this. That's $120,000 a year. Yeah. <laughs> it's like That's now, funny. Now you don't qualify for yeah. it. <laughs> You make so much in government assistance, you don't even qualify for it. No, this is seriously just, they're just buying votes, honestly. Uh, it's the same thing that we talked about with the UBI. You Like, whoever can go on stage and say, you know, we'll give you $10,000 a month in UBI. Like, we'll make it happen somehow. Vote for me. By the way, this was, I was crunching some numbers, and to tell you the truth, I didn't catch the part where they were talking about it, including children as well. So I crunched the numbers even harder while you were talking. And this is going to cost, this is going to cost half a trillion dollars a month, at least without, Mm -hmm. without the bureaucracy, it's going to cost, it's going to cost $500 billion a month. And they said at least three months after the pandemic. And when do you, when do you officially say that this is over, by the way, what's the number where we say it's time to go back to work? No new coronavirus cases. That's going to be never. So at what point do you actually say that we're no longer in a crisis and people can go back to work. This we, is literally it's when we it's when we solve death. Yeah, right? that's we, that's the that's the real pandemic. Wait, is it until there's a vaccine? It's going to be. I know they're saying we might have one by the end of the year, but listen, don't don't hang your hat on that. All right. It might it might happen. But even then, we don't even know if it's going to mutate and that vaccine's not going to work for it. There's going to be COVID A and COVID B and COVID C and all this different stuff. Like, I don't know what their, the problem is, I don't know what their goal is. So if you're trying to stay home right now and you're trying to shelter in place and slow the spread, at what number is it okay for you to go outside? If the number is no new cases, then we are completely done. That will never happen. And every time we all go outside, the number's going to spike. That's just an obvious thing. There's, you, that's going to happen. Then the number of new cases is going to spike. So, what what is the number? And the answer is maybe forever. That that's really the answer. Yeah. And the the money for this doesn't exist. Literally six months worth of this, and all the wealth of all the billionaires that's been accrued over the entire existence of everyone that's in America, all their wealth will be gone in six months. If you're planning on the wealthy paying for this. All of it would be gone. And then what? And then it what? took our entire lives for that $3.1, $3.2 trillion to be accrued in those people's hands. The entire American existence. The, the entire existence of all of these people, they've accrued a wealth of $3.1, $3.2 trillion. We would spend it all in six months. And then what? You're going to wait another 150 years for six more months worth of stimulus payments to be saved up? Is that your plan? What about when the next pandemic strikes? Yeah. What, we what spend comes all after of that? this money on this pandemic. What about the one a hundred years from now? That one's not important. You know, it, and like, look, I'm not saying people aren't having a hard time. <laughs> Jeff, I, I think people are having a, on a hard time. Jeff cracked me up and he said COVID A is Canadian. <laughs> you got COVID A? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got it in my boot. <laughs> oh, man. But, but. I forgot what I was saying now, <laughs> but, but that's fine. I was just going to say a hundred years from now, there's going to be another pandemic that we're not prepared for. could be 50 years from now. It could be 200. Who knows? But the problem, here's the problem with government is they're like, well, well, we'll just keep, you know, spending and borrowing money. We just got, we have an unlimited resource here. And at what point does the resource no longer exist? You know, yeah, soon. It's, it's very soon. Yes. Yeah, very, very we talked about this is yesterday. Answer. Is it sooner or later? And it's more likely soon. The answer is sooner. Yes. Because we literally, we if you continue to spend more money than you are generating, like this isn't going to last forever. We're already 24 trillion. I mean, good Lord, it's going to be like 27, 28 trillion dollars in debt after this year, after all the budgets all settled out. We can't just continue to print money and the rich don't have enough money to tie us all over for six months. So what is the answer? Like it's, this doesn't exist. It's completely insane. This is the problem with this type of logic is, you know, especially from the left, which all these people are is 
and and what happened in Venezuela and the Weimar Republic or whatever, they see the people, they see the people with the rich money or they see the rich with all the money and they say, well, look at all the good we could do with it. And then eventually you run out of other, other people's money. This is what we talk about with socialism all the time. Eventually you run out of other people's money. And then what? No one ever wants to answer that question. Then what do you do? Well, well, a bunch of people just starved to death, I guess. That, I guess. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. It, but, you know, I guess people won't starve to death because we're going to do it the right way. Yeah. They'll <laughs> manage the money better than all the yeah. people in the private sector that are managing that money. Right. So I'm sure it'll be way more money afterwards. Yeah. I mean, there's just no question. Because Once it filters through the government, it's definitely going to come out more money at the end of the day. Well, because they were voted on, you know, a lot of a lot of people voted for them. So now it makes them somehow smarter. I guess and, so. And better man, uh, money managers. This is just it's just it's another one of those things that make your blood boil. Yeah. And I'm this you know, did it. I hit boiling. If your blood wasn't boiling yet, it is now. <laughs> Check this out. This is ridiculous, by the way. This is from Politico. I just wanted to, I mean, you're not going to guess what number one is on this list. This is a list of things that we need to worry about that Politico released. This is what experts are worried about. So it's called Experts Knew a Pandemic Was Coming. <laughs> Why didn't they let us know? Yeah, why, why didn't they tell us? They should have gone ahead and made the, the vaccine beforehand. Here's what they're worried about next. You might feel blindsided by the coronavirus, but warnings about a looming pandemic have been there for decades. Yes, if you warn about something happening forever, eventually you'll be right. Okay? Yeah. Charlie and I can sit here and talk about an economic crash over the whole course of the podcast for the last two years. We have if, been. And we have been. And eventually, as the podcast on, enough time will go on that you'll be right. That's what's that, that's going to happen if you keep saying that this is potential. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Look, I I predict I'm going to die one day. Yeah, Charlie's going to die, guys. Yeah. Charlie's going to die. If I keep saying that every single day, I'm now, listen. 100 chance I'll be right. You're an expert on death now. I, now you need to ask me about whether or not people are going to die, and <laughs> I'll be correct about that. Yeah. Government briefings, science journals, and even popular fiction projected the spread of a novel virus and the economic popular fiction. <laughs> Wait, good. <laughs> So we should have listened to the movies all along. Did you guys not see Walking Dead? Yeah. Okay. Everyone needs to get their freaking zombie guns ready. You guys okay? didn't see the movie Pandemic? This has been predicted. <laughs> yeah. Contagion came out in the 90s. Not Contagion, sorry. Outbreak came Outbreak, out in the 90s. That's what I was saying. Come on. All you right. Should have, you should have hedged your bets. <laughs> okay. It, it makes you wonder, what else are we missing? What other catastrophes are coming that we aren't planning for, but that could disrupt our lives, homes, jobs, or our broader society in the next few years or decades? Now, doesn't that completely contradict what we just talked about in the first segment? This, I, I feel like either you should worry about what could potentially happen or you shouldn't. You should have a mix of both. You should be like, okay, I'm, I'm enjoying the moment. I'm living now, but also there are several future versions of me and I should be at least somewhat prepared that if I lost my job, if I lost my business, if I lost my home, what would I do next? You have to have a balance between those two things. You do. So anyway, continue. You have to weigh, you got to do a cost benefit analysis of moving forward in the best direction. That's, yep. that's what you have to do. Exactly. It's the government's job to think about this, by the way. This first line, <laughs> it's the government's job to think about this. Who's the government? Ah, whoever had the best commercials. Every year, the intelligence community releases the worldwide threat assessment, a, dis a distillation of worrisome global trends, risk, problem spots, and emerging perils. But this year, the public hearing on the assess assessment, usually held in January, February, was canceled, evidently because intelligence leaders who usually testify in a rare open hearing together were worried their comments would aggravate President Donald Trump. So we haven't talked about these problems that are coming up because this thing was canceled. And why was it canceled? Because these people were worried that their comments would aggravate President Trump. And so this is all Trump's fault yeah. when these things happen. Of course. And the government has not yet publicly released a 2020 threat report. So let's go through the list. What's the number one thing that Politico needs everyone to be worried about happening next? The number one mm. thing. Yeah, this obviously this is the this is number one. It's the globalization of white supremacy. God. That's the number one thing that we all need to be worried about next. Yeah. 
or a percentage of us, I guess. Well, which I don't know. Everyone already knew this. <clears throat> that's yeah, but they just had to list it. Listen, that's a bad thing, but that's the number. That's the number one problem right now. The number one problem. It's a problem. I don't know if I would put it number one on the list if you were going to weigh out what some of these other things could do because other things on here would kill everybody. Yeah. So, like, how is a problem that would kill everybody going to be way further down on this list? I don't know. I don't know. Look, racism still exists, obviously, um, against all races and creeds. Um, You could say against Jewish people, against black people, against other minorities. Racism obviously exists. I mean, there was that recent shooting in February. It's just now getting the light of day, by the way. Um, I can't remember the kid's name. I feel bad for that. Abar? Abir? Yeah. Somebody in the live group is going to tell me. Um, who Who was gunned down. It was absolutely terrible. And so that, you could say, clearly an act of racism based on the video. I watched the video. Um, but it doesn't mean that there's obviously their defense attorneys would argue otherwise. It doesn't mean there's a globalization of white supremacy. Yeah. Just because like you think we're currently better in America now than we were during 1860s. Now, I I think we are what you'll find later in this article, which I didn't put all, this is a long article. So we didn't, I didn't put the whole thing in here underneath this, like in the last paragraph of globalization of white supremacy. They're, the reason they're worried about that is because of a group that's in Russia that has now been named an official ter- terrorist organization. And that's the group that they named as being worried about. Of course, we need four paragraphs about stuff like what happened in Georgia, but then it's really because of this terrorist organization that's in Russia that people are worried about. And then, of course, you got to tie in Russia and Trump and all that, all that all kind of, of stuff. So you got to have that. Well, I mean, it's a, a major terrible problem that we all need to work to uh to get rid of yeah but it being the number one fear like this is the next thing that you have to worry about is this it's insane i don't think the second one we have to worry about very much because youtube and facebook are handling this yeah number two attacks on trust and truth attacks on truth that's what we have to be worried about deep fakes manufactured election results and other data manipulation attacks well, we went over YouTube and Facebook. They're taking care of this problem. You know, yeah. we don't want false information out there. So those attacks on the trust and the truth, YouTube is wiping them clean. And we need Elizabeth Warren's Bureau of Truth, and then we won't have to worry <laughs> about this anymore. That was an actual proposal, by the yeah. way. It was on the our e- website. The EWBT. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Number three, biosecurity. So they're, I mean, not that we need to be worried about this, but one of the number three thing they're worried about are mad scientists, lab accidents, and biological warfare. Yeah, don't be worried about the current biosecurity that's going on. Just the next one. Don't conflate the the number three worry for biosecurity and ever attach it whatsoever to what's going on right now. Listen, I'm not saying that this is some type of biological warfare, but what I am saying is if you're going to put out a list and your number three worry for things for people to worry about in the world are is biological warfare then how do you not allow that conversation that goes against number two yeah (laughs) okay number four technological disruption down to power grids gps outages and solar flares this one actually i think is you should probably have some preparation for you know we lost power in nashville sunday and i was talking to stephanie about it and i was like man you know because i was like hey don't open the fridge you know we had the we got uh, good news was we already had ice in the Yeti and you know, that'll last for like a week. Yeah. So we're like, Hey, put some stuff in the Yeti. We'll keep it cold um, at least for a week or whatever. But you know, if the, imagine if the power grid went out, like we, I think we take electricity for granted because we have it all the time. And when it goes out, you're like, Oh man, remember that storm we were in, in Southern Illinois, the, the derecho, the inland hurricane power was out for like three weeks um, and so people don't really think about that. We take it for granted, but that is something I think you should prepare for. Like what charge up your cell phones, guys. What, <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if you lost power for like six months? Mm. I mean, what would you do? I'm, I'm not really, I'd play, play board games. I guess I'm not really sure. I live by a lake. I guess I could kill the wildlife out yeah. there and drink the water and maybe I'll be okay. How many candles you got to burn? Not very many. <laughs> Not very many candles. I'm not saying it's probably the most. I do feared. have a fireplace. 
So that's good. That'll keep I'm not you warm saying in the summer. It's the most feared thing you should have, but I think you should have some preparation for that. <laughs> uh, number five is nukes. You know, that's going to stay on the list for a while. And I can't believe this made it all the way down to number six. Yeah. It's no longer important, guys. No longer important. Not no- as important as these other problems. Number six, climate change. Number six. Yeah. They're no longer alarmed about it. The, the, the overwhelming idea that we are going to all perish if we don't do something in the next 10 to 12 years is number six on the yeah. list in relation to the globalization of white supremacy. Attacks on trust and truth. But climate change is all the way down at number six. We're still more worried about nukes. Good Lord. We're more worried. What are you guys talking about climate change for? We got nukes. Well, <laughs> Come on. Nukes is going to change the climate. That's what it is. I guess so. <laughs> we drop enough of them and then the climate's going to be too warm. This next one was, since you didn't read the, uh, didn't see the article, Charlie, COVID-19's next level impact is number seven. This is an important one. COVID-19's next level impact. This was all about the economy and the ripple effects of poverty that are going to take place for a generation after this. Literally, this is what it was talking about. It made it number seven on the list. But it was all about how America is, you know, our economy could crash. We wouldn't be a world superpower anymore. We wouldn't be this and that and what you know, whatever, whatever everyone says we are. And that we would have a higher poverty rate. We wouldn't have as many jobs, all that kind of stuff. Number seven. That's number seven, okay? Yeah. Number eight, just yeah. after COVID-19's next level economic impact, catastrophic earthquakes. That's a, you know... That's a big one. I remember an earthquake from when I was little, and, and I didn't feel it that much because I slept on a mattress. Just so you know, I told you, I mean, my bedroom was, we had a mattress on the floor in the living room, mm-hmm. just on the floor, a mattress on the floor, and that was it. And, and you were in a trailer. This was actually so you, in a, didn't, you weren't on foundation to be. This was a, really. in a house, in a, a little house that my, that, uh, my mom rented um, after my parents split up. And all we have was, you know, we I we just had this mattress on the living room floor that we slept on, and and that that was it. I'm tearing up right now thinking about it. No, but uh, what I was going to say is those actually work out really well for earthquakes. You don't feel them that much, you know. You got that cushion between you and the floor, and it actually feels pretty safe. Plus, if you do have a bad earthquake, you can just quickly roll under the mattress, like really quickly. Yeah. So, you guys, you know. Probably want to take heed of my advice here. And you got that. Get tip. your mattress on the floor. You got that tip from a novel you read. Yeah. Which turns out is part of predicting. Absolutely. These types of all things. the movies that we've seen. That's yeah. that's what tells that's us what you got it. I love the number nine. Unknown. This is my favorite one. Yeah, it's good. Do you want to read it? Yeah. Yeah. Number nine. The number nine thing you should be most worried about next is the unknown unknowns. <laughs> What you don't know about what you don't know about. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what you should fear the most. That is fear, actually, is what you just don't know. Yeah. So that's, this is the best. The unknown unknowns. That's the, have your fear. You know, they mentioned in this, and in, in a, an interesting thing was that people are worried that the, the uh, Large Hydron Collider experiment, which has been really interesting to hear people talk about here, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about it and uh, Brian Brian Cox talk about it and uh, talking about this large hydron collider might open a black hole on Earth. They li- they did put in parentheses it hasn't so far. Just in case anyone was wondering whether or not a large <laughs> hydron collider has opened up a black hole on Earth, it has not thus far. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we should be worried about is whether or not the black hole is going to open up. Yeah. On Earth. So I also like they said here at the end. It's worrisome how many catastrophic risks have been discovered only relatively recently, like super volcanoes and space weather. There's a lot we don't understand. Well, you're damn right about that. Well, that's Matheny. and that, there sh- is a lot we don't understand. That's true, and we should we should consider that sentence and that quote in everything that we talk about, whether it be climate change, uh, whether it be I mean any anything, COVID nineteen, biosecurity, all these things. There's a lot we don't understand. And listen, I just wanted you guys to get really scared. That was the main reason that we went over this <laughs> list is for everyone to be very scared about everything. Yeah. Because everything can kill you. Uh, so that's 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 really the main point is get scared, guys. But if it's it doesn't, time for fear. If it doesn't, it'll make you stronger. Yeah, true. And that's hey, according to Katy Perry. 
which that's, is that's true should be taken as truth yeah <laughs> hey it's time for the dumb bleep of the week Beep. we really need some kind of a cool sound effect to play right then what's not to like about vermont in terms of the beauty of it and what a neat town all right so that'll work for now there's our intro for dumb bleep of the week <laughs> that was pretty good i'll put something else on that green button sometime yeah. so we got three things three things on here if you guys want to go if you're on twitter you're on around the computer or your phone or whatever hashtag dumb bleep we put this on these three tweets that we're going to go through and we want you guys in a live group you guys in a live group to vote on which one of these is in fact the dumbest thing said between these three tweets now i doubt i saw every dumb thing that was said but these were some pretty dumb things that were said so ilhan omar Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. That's a good horse to bet on. This was her comment to retweet of a tweet from the Associated Press. Now, this tweet from the Associated Press was that the fact that the Justice Department is dropping the criminal case against ex-Trump advisor Michael Flynn, according to court filing obtained by AP. So her response to that was white privilege at work. Josh. Now, listen. What was Michael Flynn guilty of, by the way? I don't know. Do you know? Do you um, know? Lying, I think. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yes. He was guilty of lying. That yeah. was it. And he actually pleaded guilty to it twice. And they actually found that they set up, they set it up to try and get in the lie. Yes, that's so that, why that's they the threw the case out. Yeah. They threw it out because investigations found, his defense attorneys found, while they were investigating the matter to, to form his defense, they found that during the period in which he was being questioned, it, they used um, basically they used illegal interrogation tactics to get him to lie so they could charge him with lying to the government. Yeah, it's it's the same thing that has put several people in federal prison It's lying. They catch you on a lie and lying to the FBI it, when when you're only uh, I will agree, like if your only crime is that you lied to a government interrogator, I don't think that that should be a prison sentence no. at all. Especially, I mean, you can do something like, how many uh, burritos have you eaten in your life? And you're like, well, I think I've had roughly around 400, 730, 472. 472 burritos half, I had in my and life. And a half, because I know that one time I was too full and I couldn't finish the other half. And then three months later, they're like, how many burritos did you say you had had in your life? And you're like, well, I'm pretty sure it was about a 471. And you're like, ha! Ah, prison you lied about how <laughs> gotcha. many burritos you had had sir and i don't i don't understand why you can't lie i mean why don't you have freedom to lie like what isn't that freedom of speech yeah i don't know i mean i know you have to swear to tell the whole truth nothing but the truth so help you god do you have to do that in, the, in an interrogation yeah. i don't i think so in a deposition you do yeah it's, it's like taking a a sworn statement isn't kind of weird that the legal precedent is that you put your hand on the Bible and swore to tell the truth and tell the truth. So help you God. And then like, if you lied to your oath to God, then like they'll put you in prison, they'll put you in prison. You know, yeah. I mean, I've always thought that was really yeah. weird in, in my opinion. I don't know. Let me know what you guys it's think. tradition. So that's number one right now. Ilhan Omar, white privilege at work. You know what this actually was at work. If it was anything, if it was anything nefarious at all, it's government corruption. That's what it would be if it were anything nefarious at all. It, you don't have to say that it's because Michael Flynn was white. That, that This has nothing, like if you're friends with the president and you probably have a book full of dirt on him, more than likely, and you end up getting yourself out of a jam, why do you just immediately say, well, this is obviously because this guy was white? Now, there are lots of injustices, and I do for sure believe that the criminal justice system has been... Uh, heavily tilted towards putting minorities in prison. Yeah, I, I mean, I I do think that that is a thing. That you have to, you can believe that, and also be able to discern during a certain situation whether or not that's what's happening. Well, you know? and things should be judged on a case by case basis. Basis. We talk all the time that the only the true denominator of anything is the individual. You know, it's and it doesn't matter. Like we have to start taking race and color and all that out of the equation. It should be an individual case by case basis. Not you can't just group people into because he was white and he got and then the case thrown out. Somehow that's white privilege. Like what if if it was a black person that got their case thrown out? Is that black privilege? I don't know. Or if it's a minority mm -hmm. that gets into a college, is that minority privilege? 
You know, it, it should be an individual basis. And, like, what are your actual qualifications for getting a job? What are your what are the details in your case of why it got thrown out or why, why you got convicted or whatever? It's a case by case basis. And you have seen throughout history in the criminal justice system that things have been set up to work against the minority communities. And that is wrong and should be corrected. And it, people should be tried and charged and all those things on an individual basis. I think, by the way, that's committing actual crimes, by the way, I think that's a mixture of racism in the police or the justice system or whatever over time. That's obviously a thing. I think it's a mixture of that and economic status as well, because you will see that minorities are disproportionately in the poverty levels or lower income levels for whatever reason. But when you're in that level, you would typically get a public defender who is going to do a terrible job. By the way, the public, a public defender versus private defender is as good of argument against the public sector as I've ever seen, because their job is to sign their name on a piece of paper. And that's about it. By the way, if you get a public defender, though, you want one fresh out of college. Yeah. So somebody and I, who just passed their bar. You want an idealist is what yeah. you want. You don't want that guy who's trying to shuffle through 15 cases yeah. today. You don't want that. You actually experience is a bad thing with public defenders. Yeah. <laughs> Because they just know how to get the casework done. So you want the guy who's going to spend all night working on your case. You know, the, now look, it's easy. I wanted to say, though, it's easy. The The best evidence you have of why the criminal justice tilts towards racism is we had laws on the books. I mean, Jim Crow laws and those types of things. We talked about it the other day with the um, with the non-unanimous jury. Those types of things that were created were clearly, clearly. I said to my wife yesterday, I said that she was like, I can't believe that they could actually put people to death on a 10 to 2 verdict. And I said, me, libertarian, just, you know, clear headed, rational Nate. I said, that was obviously a bunch of racist white dudes that wanted to kill some black people. Yeah. That is literally what I said about yeah. that law. And that's actually what I believe about it. That's, and that can be true and it not be true that the Michael Flynn thing was because of white privilege. Right. They can both be true at the same time. Exactly. Like the thing in Georgia, by the way, it took two months for the people to get arrested. That's obviously being blamed on the fact that they were white. That could be the case. That's very possible. It could also heavily be the case that it's because the guy was a former cop and he obviously had a lot of friends inside of the justice system in that small little local area. And a former district attorney, I do think, too. I know that from yeah. what I heard, this was just from from a. Uh, um, Shapiro's podcast was that it was a, a cop and his son Yeah, was that uh, who was doing it. But I don't know. Um, also, you had a bunch of ju judges that had to recuse, recuse, uh, recuse, recuse themselves because they were, they knew the case and all that stuff. And yeah. then also the video just surfaced. Yeah. So there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of evidence to suggest a, an indictment. Yeah. And now that there is, guess what? They were arrested. I think yesterday they, they've been arrested now. I mean, for, I, I, I think those guys need to go to prison for sure. Absolutely. I think what they did was terrible. They, they absolutely put it. They're more than likely tilting towards the racist scale. I don't know them personally, but I would, I would lean heavily towards probably this was, uh, this was a, a little bit of racism on their point on their part. This also puts a bad name on gun rights advocates and every, everything like that too. When people go out and do stupid things like this, like trying to make a citizen's arrest, and end up killing someone, uh, which is kind of what the argument is. Like, t listen, everyone who has guns, don't do stupid things with yeah. your guns, okay? Especially if the guy, I, you know, allegedly he was saw seen on a construction site or something like that. Like, the the penalty for that is not death. No one's in immediate harm. You can call the cops. You could even follow the guy if you wanted to, so you could let the cops know where he is if you wanted to do that, if you did see him commit a crime. And he wanted to let someone know where he was, but there's no reason that you need to physically stop someone who may or may not have committed a crime and get into an altercation with a gun with them. Like the, that does not, you know, violent altercation, violent, violent altercations with guns are solely meant for police officers. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's, that's really what needs to happen. I'm just saying, don't do stupid crap with your guns, guys. Yeah, seeing that video, it's sickening. You posted me. it on our Twitter, I, I did. think. I did. Yeah. I, I watched it several times and I was just like so sick to my stomach. It reminded me of, remember that North Carolina cop who shot that black mm -hmm. guy in the that back? He was running yeah. away. Yeah. Running away and just shot him in the back. I'm like, see, these things you can take on a case by case basis. It doesn't mean all cops are bad. 
Okay. It doesn't mean that, that, uh, people don't commit crimes and should be punished for them. But as Nate said, every, in every, almost every situation, the punishment is not death, especially on the street. Yeah. You know, we talked about Waco. My dad and I got in a big argument about this because not a really an argument, but a really big discussion because, you know, the, the Waco thing, you know, obviously the documentary on Netflix didn't tell the whole story. It was, it was a story based on one of the Branch Davidian survivors, David Thoreau, uh, Thibodeau, Thibodeau, and then the one FBI um, uh, negotiator, uh, one of his accounts with his book as well. Well, it turns out that like uh, David uh, Koresh was violent beforehand. There were about 30 FBI negotiators throughout that whole process. There were all kinds of backstory and things like that. Obviously, clearly the documentary made it more in the Branch Davidians' favor. However, mm-hmm. I told my dad, "Is like it doesn't matter, regardless of whether or not the count, the you know David Koresh needed to be arrested, mm-hmm. whether or not he committed crimes or anything like that. It doesn't matter. There has to be a line drawn, and the law, the line drawn is you can't use tear gas and tanks against United States citizens. Yeah, like that's the line. I don't care what they've done. You can't use military type action." against United States citizens. Well, and those people were not posing a threat. You know, if you think about during the whole standoff, they weren't posing a threat to the officers that were outside or anything aside from the initial, from the initial, the initial thing that happened, but they weren't posing a threat. You simply could have had a a truck full of officers that waited outside in a tent for David Koresh to leave someday until he eventually turned himself in and there was no reason to go in with brute force and tear gas and catch the place on fire and kill 78 people. There's no reason to do that. And 25 children. You could have just, they could have waited five years for the guy to come out. Right. He wasn't posing an immediate threat to anyone. That's why I told my dad. I was like, well, eventually they're going to have to come out for food. He's like, well, did you see what they were eating in the documentary? I was like, yeah, they were eating MREs. He's like, you know how long those last? Long time. He's like somebody said they had like two years worth of food in there or whatever. I was like, great. Okay. Two years. How many years did the kids have left? Get, Probably a lot more than two. Get them on the 731st day. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. The, the, yeah. the punishment's not death, whatever right. it is. Especially for the kids. But anyway, uh, all that to say, dumb bleep of the week from... Geez, that was just number one. From Omar, white privilege at work. We had to go all the way around all kinds of it's things. It's like an onion. This this thing has layers. got to peel that back. You know? Why can't it be like cake? Everybody loves cake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we went over this one yesterday, but it's still good from AOC. She probably takes the cake like usual. And I don't mean the new term cake. I don't know if you've heard the kids saying that. I don't know the kids saying. Yeah, it's the it's like a it's the peach emoji. If you know what the peach is. The I'll put it in layman's terms. It's it's your buttocks. <laughs> I, knew, <laughs> so I don't mean I, that. I knew that part. Okay. Okay. Well, apparently the kids are calling it cake nowadays. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like getting so, them a piece of cake? Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. And I guess it has layers too. I don't know. Kids say the darnest things. <laughs> Just, <laughs> that's how you know you finally gotten old. I know. I know. I saw it on TikTok, by the way. That's how I figured it out. Anyway, AOC. We talked about this yesterday. She's responding uh, to a tweet by Emily Stewart. How is the stock market fine when everything else is, you know, definitely not? And she says, hint, it starts with a C and ends with capitalism. Capitalism, basically. AKA, this is what happens when Wall Street captures Congress and writes themselves bailout check after bailout check after bailout check as working people die. Mm. Now, look, I just want to start off and say we're against death and bailouts. Mm -hmm. First and foremost. That should be our new tagline. Against death, against bailouts. We're against those things. But where she's wrong in this, as we talked about yesterday, we want to spend a lot of time on this, is that. Uh, Wall Street and Congress working together, it's no longer capitalism. Yeah, You can't define that as capitalism because it doesn't meet the requirements to be the definition of capitalism. There's there's no part of capitalism where a government body gets to forcefully seize money from sectors of the producers and give it to others. That's not capitalism. No, not even close. It's it's more it's socialism, it's fascism, it's a, it's a lot of other cronyism, cronyism. Yeah, what it is, it's not free market capitalism. We'll say it that way. It's it's the version of capitalism we have right now, 
And then what if you just remove the Congress who has power over the economy? Well, then those Wall Street bankers wouldn't have been able to capture that money and get it as a bailout whatsoever. You can remove one of them from the equation and still have an amazing economy. You remove the productive people from the economy, and that's not going to be very good. They've been trying to do that for a long time in several different countries. So that's number two, AOC, C, capitalism. Oh, go over the third one for me, because this is one of my favorite guys of all time. Oh, God. Yeah. Love his network. Uh, so how do you say his name, by the way? Do you know? Chink. Um, you, you, Uger? Yeager? Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know how to say his last name. But dude, pretty... dude from Young Turks. Yeah. The guy who started Young Turks. Yeah. Dude from Young Turks. If we had a Democrat with balls when we take over, that's sexist. <laughs> they cut off funding to red states and make them beg for their handout. Almost all of them are welfare queens who live off of the blue states. Republican-run states are, on average, miserable failures who take more from the federal government. So this spawned a lot of our conversation yesterday when we talked about the states and their bailouts. This, uh, in the, the first part of it, or uh, some of it is true. The part I'll say that's true is that, on average, your rich states end up paying more into the federal government per capita then they receive back from the federal government per capita. Okay. But that is a result of the fact that those places have all of the really wealthy people living in them. We have a progressive tax system and those people end up paying the bulk of the taxes and then they get less of it back. This is literally him making an argument against taxation and especially progressive taxation for sure. I told you I loved his network. He's making an argument <laughs> against redistribution right now. His argument is that it's ridiculous for the people that are making all of the money to be giving a larger portion of that to the people who aren't making a lot of money. That's the argument that he's making yeah. in the tweet, by the way. He, but then and he's the also end, making fun of welfare queens. Yeah. Well, we're saying welfare is bad. Yeah. What do you mean, man? Welfare is bad. This is crazy. And then he says Republican run states are on average miserable failures who take more from the federal government. That's not true whatsoever. In fact, if you were to look at the biggest states that were the biggest failures, you would get Illinois, you get New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, California, California, all these places who have massively underfunded pensions, insane debt. How in what world can you say that Republican run states are on average miserable failures when you're comparing them to Democrat run states? Because they try to ban gay marriage. Is it? Is it possible? <laughs> is it possible to do that and have a brain at the same time? That's the main thing that I'm asking right now. You could now. start a network. You could start a network. Yeah, yeah. You could. You could. Uh, it's actually on my YouTube TV app, by the way. Really? Yeah. It's big. Tyt. I didn't realize yeah. it was that big. It's now. the biggest online, uh, biggest online network? specific news network. I'm pretty sure. Really? They're, yeah. They're massive. Wow. Really big. I remember. I mean, I remember when they first started. I was watching some videos from them on on YouTube and scoffing at them because your blood wasn't you know? boiling yeah <laughs> hot enough yet yeah so this is just this is this part's it's just really insane and it i mean it's first off literally not true second it is completely devoid of any logic or reasoning whatsoever when you have someone right here who is arguing that we should take more money from the rich people and give it to the poor people and at the same time saying that it would be a terrible thing that the really rich people in the rich states end up paying more in taxes to the people who don't make as much money in the other states. Like, what are your principles, dude? Do you have any principles other than orange man bad? Do you have any principles other than that? These Democrat colors don't run. Like, do you have any principles other than that at all? No, he doesn't. He doesn't have any principles. I found how his name is pronounced, by the way. In case it? you, it's Jink. Sorry. Jink Uger. Okay. Jink Uger. Yeah. Okay. From him. That's from him, by the way. Verified source. Oh, verified yeah. source. He says how to pronounce it. He says, my name is pronounced Jink, like short for Jenkins. U-ger. Y-O-U-dash-ger. Marie says they have NBC backing them with a bunch of money. So Wow. Yeah. Wonder how why he took money from such a rich company. <laughs> so, guys, that's number one, two, and three. So, we got Jink Uger. Uh, is number three, AOC is number two for for C, capitalism, and number one, Ilhan Omar for white privilege at work. Which one of those win the dumbest bleep of the week? Yeah, Josh said, so he wants a flat tax? Is that what you want? 
Do you want to no taxes? Do you want the government to allocate allocate benefits based on your income, and you get less you get less benefits from the government if you have less income? Yeah, is that is that what you want also? It's easy to say that at the macro level. Yeah, like oh, states like the more you pay in, the more you should get back. What if we fractionate that down to people? The more you pay in, the more you get back. And that yeah. would just be insane. You it, should never carry over the same principle over time for different situations. You should change your principles arbitrarily and subjectively for however you feel. Come on. Come on. Josh uh, says my girl AOC got the cake. No, he said got he said, this. Got this. <laughs> Hands down. Yeah, Jink may be close second. I was thinking that same. I was thinking, you know, if you do this as like horse races, like Jink, <laughs> Jink probably came around turn turn four in the lead, I would say. Yeah. But AOC, is she was back there because she's always you're always going to place a bet on her well she just she was back there and she was the one that was going to come from behind when you when you throw a bunch of dumb spaghetti up against the wall you're going to get something to stick and that's what she does all the time so oh. it looks like aoc wins we've got three votes in a row for aoc we got any more let us know and maurice makes a good point she's got an economics degree yeah and she doesn't even know what economics are do you even economic can i say bro do you, have an, do you have an economic, bro? I don't know. Bro? Bro? <laughs> okay, so AOC wins Dumb Bleep of the Week. This is number three time doing Dumb Bleep of the Week. It's fun. It is fun. I like it. I kind of feel like every day is Dumb Bleep of the Week. Should we have a running tally to see who wins overall? Yeah. I think, well, I mean, I know, I think AOC won last week as well. I have to go to the week before so that. she's three, three in a row? Yeah. I don't, is she, was she the first week too? I don't know. Let's three, see. 303? Who knows? All right. So I know we got her a couple weeks in a row. So guys, listen, what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, seek the truth. Always, always question everything. Anything that you hear, anything you hear from us, question it. Let us know if we get numbers and statistics wrong and stuff like that. If we ever get a number wrong or something like that, it's it's not an attempt to manipulate. It's probably just an honest error. Probably, I guess, but you need to yeah. look that up and just always be mindful that someone could be trying to manipulate you. Always check the facts all the time. Just like in this guy's tweet that at the time that I screenshot this, which was a couple of days ago, I know he'd already had like 20,000 retweets on it. And it, I mean, it just simply wasn't even true. And it's insane to see things being spread around among everyone. That's that number two thing from the Politico list. You know, it's not having the truth anymore. And no one really cares about what the actual truth is, okay? No one cares about that at all. By far, by far, and listen, we're not even Republicans. By far, the Republican-ran states are in better fiscal situations than the Democrat-ran states. That is not even, that's not even in question Yeah. at all. So it's not even close. It's not even close, okay? We've came, we, we fled the tyrannical state of Illinois to come to Tennessee, like we know our state laws and our state taxes, and we know the state fiscal situations. So maybe we feel this a little bit more, I guess, empirically because we actually came from it. It's an actual example that we have. But look at the data. The data are in, y'all. I hate saying stuff like that. Data is technically plural, so it has an R yeah. afterward. afterwards. I don't like it. I don't like saying it like that. So anyway, always seek the truth. Always question everything. If you guys want to hang out on the live chat with us, then go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. We go live every single day of the week when we want to, which is basically every single day of the week. Just depends on what else is going on. Typically, uh, I mean, we have every single day of the week for a long time running now, like three days. Yeah, so at least. It's, yeah, it's been going on for a long time. <laughs> if you guys want to chat back and forth and be able to vote on this dumb bleep of the week every single week, and you can go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty for as little as five bones. You can get in there and you can watch our live shows, man. Hang out with us. I look like a bum today, man. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'm wearing a hoodie that I've had for about eight years. And uh, I'm just ready for comfy clothes. It's supposed to get down to like 30 degrees this weekend. So I'm just going to be wearing comfy clothes all weekend. Yeah, climate change. That's why it moved down the list. That's Yeah. That's no longer global warming. That's the thing. Yeah. I didn't even see global warming on the list. It's just climate. It's, climate it's all encompassing. Y'all yeah. don't, don't forget about the contest coming up, please. A big ask. I know this is tough to do. It takes at least a few minutes. Please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. That is the big ask. Be one of the first of a hundred. Uh, there's, uh, I think 
58 now. So you're, you're running up uh, close to a hundred. There's not much time to get in. So do that. And uh, once we hit that goal, then there's going to be a contest, a contest to get uh, a $500 stimulus package from the good morning Liberty group. That's five hundred dollars, five hundred bones or five hundred cash, a lot of cheddar <laughs> into your bank account. Um, that I that we are going to give out. We're going to give away. It's one grand prize, and with that, you're going to get a lifetime subscription again to our trading academy. We are updating everything in that trading academy. So for those of you that are in that class already, please check your emails. We are transitioning, so I've got all that information emailed out to you. Uh, so check your email. You should get that. I know we've already had several people of you transition over, uh, several great comments on the new website. So we appreciate all that. So do that. Um, and then when everything gets finalized with that entire release, probably about a week or two, um, then it, it'll open back up. So if you guys can do all of that and share the show, share the show, just share it. I mean, we got a new listener a couple of weeks ago, according to the review here, and we're seeing new listeners come in every single day. So you guys are sharing and we really appreciate that. So continue to share the show with people that you know and people you don't know. And if you guys do all that, we'll be back again Monday, not tomorrow. I almost said tomorrow, but it's going to be Monday. Until then, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.